Well, hi, everybody. Another edition of Tartar Sauce. I'm Steve Tartar, and with me today, happy to have Jim Nolan, who came off the deathbed to get in here. I know. Uh, if which, I cough, cough, <laughs> cough, uh, that's... Well, you um... won't get it at home, so it's all right. <laughs> uh, retired professor, uh, longtime newspaper publisher, and still a columnist. Yeah, and I always brag that I have worked for three unindicted Illinois governors. <laughs> we'll get to that one, because... Uh, your political science uh, resume is so long, we probably won't have time to even get through it all. But Jim, I, I know we've, we've known each other a while. In the last 10 years, we'll just say 10 years, um, how would you describe what's happened to newspapers in your world and in the world you view? Everybody's stealing the eyeballs away from newspapers, and newspapers have to try to figure out how to recapture them, if indeed it will be news paper. Mm -hmm. I mean, news That's is what we now, do, yeah. you know, and paper was the way we right. always did it. I grew up in a county seat weekly newspaper in, a, in Stark County. There were three towns. Each had a, a newspaper, a, a weekly newspaper. Each had, on average, among the three, about 1,500 subscribers, paid mm -hmm. subscribers. That's 4,500. Mm -hmm. When uh, my Stark County News when is the population of Stark County? It's probably, what, 5,000, 4,500? Well, back then, it was about 8,000. So See, you, had, down, yeah. you had about, um, you know, 60% of the population uh, subscribing Reading. to the yeah. newspaper. Yeah. Well, about a year ago, I folded the Stark County News into a shopper, and it's now called the Prairie News. And at the time the Stark County News folded, it served the whole county, and had 1,000 subscribers mm -hmm. versus the 4,500 of several decades earlier. So a big challenge, you know. And, and it's been a challenge. You know, we talk about it, um, you know, because, you know, you, you only have to spin your phone across the dial and find out who's being laid off or who's getting at gatehouse, they're buying each other or whatever. Uh, obviously, huge changes, hedge fund directed changes in the newspaper world. But it really hits rural communities hard, I would think. Uh, you, you've witnessed that. Well, or, or is that a s success story? Because well, maybe they, the rural community change hits right. the newspapers. Because right. uh, when I was a kid, the, each little town had a busy main street, and that provided advertising for the respective community newspapers. Now, Unfortunately, there's not much vitality in our rural downtowns. We, we met for, you were kind enough to invite me to dinner at Bradford. Uh, and what is it? It's a... The Highlands. The Highlands. And a great place. Recommend it to anyone who, who wants to... Uh, steak, and, steak and scotch, <laughs> uh, among <laughs> other things. Uh, and and uh, a lot of other things. A yeah, wonderful, yeah, yeah. wonderful place. And they had a picture there. And I, and I asked him to send it to me. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, the owner there of downtown Bradford, uh, probably in the 20s. 900 people. <laughs> then, they, yeah. they, the, the scene was these old cars. We always love old pictures of cars. But parked in downtown Bradford, uh, one line of cars you know, parked, I guess, diagonally, and then another line in the blocking center of the it street. in. Yeah. And I said, well, what happens if you know, that guy who parked inside the lane wanted to leave, you know. Oh, they left the keys in the car. <laughs> yeah. So not only did you have double parking back then, but you had a lot of trust. Yeah. Uh, a whole, yeah, whole different yeah, world. Yeah, different world. Yeah. yeah. So. so that's changed. But now, the, w where do you see it going? Because, um, you know, those of us who worked on a newspaper, and you, you still write, and I, I like to blog, and, and we do this thing. Um, 
you know, it's in our blood, but what about for the, the general public? Where, where, where do you see that? Uh, what do you see in the future in your crystal ball? Uh, I think we're all struggling to figure that out. And we're all competing for the eyeballs of the public. And the public uh, often is focused on the smartphone. And so, and, sure. but you can, you can reach a newspaper, an, an electronic newspaper through your iPhone, mm -hmm. you know, because I read newspapers online as well as in hard copy. So where does it go? I, I think the traditional newspaper is probably for the most part, dead, with mm -hmm. with some exceptions. Uh, Jeff Lampy and Elmwood. I was going to say, you've got a good example there with Jeff. Yeah, he has a model that he has uh, used successfully for the Weekly Post, which covers the small towns between Peoria and Galesburg. And now he purchased my Prairie News and is using the same model for an area kind of um, between Peoria and Kiwani, you might say. Mm -hmm. and his model is... It's, it's it's different because there are no subscribers. This paper goes to all 100% of the households mail. in this region by mail. By so mail. you're guaranteed, uh, if you're an advertiser, that it's going to everybody. And he puts enough news in it that people will page through it. There's some high school sports on the back mm -hmm. pages, and there are county and city meetings that are covered, and, right. and a, a columnist and that sort of thing. Uh, so he convinces advertisers, which in small cities like Kiwani, Galesburg, and so on, generally can't afford television from the bigger markets because right. it's inefficient. And so he he convinces advertisers, and maybe he doesn't need to convince them, they convince themselves that that's a good way to reach all 100% of the households. Well, it's targeted. And, and yeah. that people will page through it because there is some news content in it. It's an expensive model, though, because there are mail. no subscribers, mm -hmm. and it's mail, and uh, so uh, he has to produce the product, he has to print it, and he has to mail it. And he has to depend solely on advertising to cover it, but he is doing so. So that's one model. Another is the free um, alternative newspaper that you pick up that isn't mailed, so it's mm -hmm. less expensive, but it doesn't guarantee that it goes to everybody, of right. course. And so that has to have... Somebody has to pick it up. And, yeah. and want to pick it yeah, up. Yeah, want to so, pick it up. And uh, you and I were talking earlier in Springfield, there's mm -hmm. a paper called the Illinois Times, been mm -hmm. there about four or five decades, mm -hmm. and people pick it up because they want to find out what's going on. Right. And, and it doesn't cost anything to pick it up. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are, there are some different models that work out there, but the old model of... Subscri subscription that doesn't go to everybody um, and which subscriptions are becoming uh, priced out of the market, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm told six and seven hundred dollars a year for thin newspapers yeah. uh, is something that people are rejecting or right. dropping. Well, dropping. And, and you know, the story we, we get, and you probably have heard this too, is that. Uh, the, the hedge fund strategy, and this is just, you know, when I'm, I'm repeating something that isn't necessarily true, but this is what you hear, was 
they're going to keep jacking up, they'll reduce the cost of the paper, that is, layoff staff. Make money until the papers die. Right, because the paper isn't going to get any cheaper because they realize an older audience will continue to, that has always been faithful to a newspaper, will want to keep that, you know, sort of for the coffee in the morning, just to have it, uh, just really just because they always have. And they will milk that group until they're gone. Yeah. Or until it's so small that it's it's yeah. not a factor. Which seems a little insidious. Yeah. Because you're preying upon the old people. And, and we're not doing a thing about introducing a paper for the younger ones. And and again, as you say, it may not be a paper, but rather a device or yeah. something that goes through the air and you pick it up somehow. What I worry about is the loss of a forum or forums for communities like Peoria. Mm -hmm. In other words, the Journal Star hasn't had an editorial page for years now, yeah. right? And, right. Uh, and Occasional editorials, I think. And, yeah, yeah and, and my yeah. columns sometimes, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. And they uh, go along with the op-ed. You know, yeah. uh, uh, which right. is, I'm not complaining. but No, uh, and they do have opinion, but it's usually, as you say, that which they receive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... How how can we as communities uh, create lively forums? And maybe this studio we're sitting in now is an illustration of yeah. the creation of forums or discussions uh, for a community uh, because leaders and followers need to know what the problems are what the options are for solving the problems, how to increase the vitality of a community, and argue about these things mm -hmm. in a constructive way. Right. And the, the old printed newspaper used to provide that forum. It used to be two and four pages were devoted to what we called opinion and perspective. It, it's, now we're segueing into, you know, we talk about opinions and editorials, I'm thinking, uh, and this this is something you hear all the time too. But the polarized position of parties right now, whether we're Republican, Democratic, uh, you can look nationally. You probably can look locally. Um, there's there seems to be a divide now. You you have a great experience in this. Is it more polarized than before? Or how do you see that? Or is it standard? I think we we need perspective on that. And uh, in the 1800s newspapers were um, products of the respective political parties. Right. And Lincoln so, had his own paper. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had the Quincy Herald Whig. Well, actually, we still do. But we had the Whig and we had the Republican and Democrat uh, named newspapers throughout the country. And that was polarization. Mm -hmm. So it, is it, it, it isn't as if it is new. Right. But what worries me is that in contrast to the 1950s and 60s, when you and I were much younger, um, there at that time seemed to be a, a smaller number of forums like CBS News and Walter Cronkite, right. uh, where most of us went to get our news and where there was somewhat of a medley or a balance we thought to to the news it wasn't rants as i recall <laughs> that you sometimes right. see in the polarized world right. today so i guess 
what I worry about is not so much polarization, but less uh, competition uh, in the, uh, from the center mm -hmm. against the polls, yeah. saying, well, this poll says one right. thing and the other poll says the other. Now, here are some perspectives that, uh, I don't know, look at the st uh, strong points and weak points of each poll or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just worry about that. And, and this is supposedly, and I'm just picking Peoria, but we can pick a lot of other different cities in the area of Midwest, but middle America. I mean, it's often characterized as Peoria, Central Illinois, middle America. You've got a, sort of a even, Stephen, uh, average person here. I mean, historically, whether yeah, it's true or not, sure, sure. It is, is, uh, is up for debate. But if that's the case here, then that's the case it would seem to be everywhere. I would guess so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking with Jim Nolan, who's, who's written books about Illinois' problems, of which you probably could spend the rest of your life doing. I have warehouses full of books, <laughs> if you're interested. You look them up online, and, and you'll find all those. But, but no, it, the, the Illinois, Illinois has got to be, uh, from at least one perspective, a, a veritable treasure chest of things not to do or, or what to do. I mean, when you look at how the, the budget has gone and pensions, you know, all the issues that we're all too familiar with here because uh, we're all paying for it. Um, how do you look at Illinois when, when you, when you, as you write about it, as you, as you work through it? Uh, we all are, well, most of us find things to criticize about Illinois, high taxes, uh, unfunded, budgets and um, debt and that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. Illinois also has lots of strengths that mm -hmm. we fail to appreciate. Our interstate system is probably the most dense in Illinois of, um, of any of the states. Uh, we have more miles of interstate than any states but Texas and California. Rails, we're the rail hub of the nation. Not in Peoria, but yeah. Yeah, but we are. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, <laughs> but the I know state what you mean. Is, yeah, yeah. In uh, Chicago and O'Hare. Yeah. Uh, O'Hare is uh, probably the best. It's been reported to be the best for American destinations and international destinations. Mm -hmm. And water, uh, that's a key. Mm -hmm. We have copious amounts of water in Illinois mm -hmm. that uh, the Southwest is going to uh, covet uh, mm -hmm. in years to come. Sure. And we're getting warmer. <laughs> yeah. We know it today, but yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess my point mm -hmm. is that Illinois still is strong, right. but it's less strong relative to the nation than it used to be because job growth and the economy in Illinois over the past 50 years have been growing more slowly than the rest of the nation. Uh, and the fundamental problem at the state level is the fisc, that is the treasury, the fiscal situation. Mm -hmm. And we're in such a deep hole that it takes high taxes to fund previously underfunded pension obligations, health care through Medicaid that provides health care for uh, yeah. three million plus Illinoisans right. and so on. And, um, and this um, situation requires high taxes that generate uh, moderate to low levels of services because we're spending so much of it to past. pay for debt mm -hmm. in the past. Yeah. yeah. 
whereas Minnesota has high taxes, but they generally have a higher level of services that mm -hmm. Minnesotans probably grumble about their taxes, but they also like the high level of services. They get more for their for their for dollar. Buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it does it concern you know? Because I've heard this, uh, politicians have said it, and I think there's statistics that bear it out. But one wonders about it: people leaving the state, yeah, because of. I don't know, whatever reason, uh, maybe in search of a job, yeah. in search of, of get with family, whatever it is, uh, they don't like the taxes. Does that concern you? Yes, and again, perspective is needed. Illinois has been losing white population on a net basis since the 1970s. Mm -hmm. We've lost about two million plus white people on a net basis in the past couple, three decades, more whites moving out than moving in on a net basis, often to the South and Southwest, often people who can afford to leave mm -hmm. for reasons maybe related to climate, uh, often related to climate, and sometimes related to taxes and that sort of thing. For decades, that was offset by an in-migration of African Americans and Latinos and mm -hmm. Asian Americans. Now I would quickly add, uh, there's a net outflow of African Americans from Illinois really? now. Yeah, yeah, often going south. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe life is more amenable down there mm -hmm. where there some of the roots are to be found mm -hmm. than uh, it was 50 years ago. And, um, and in recent years, this inflow of Latinos, certainly African Americans, uh, is not an influence, an outflow now, uh, has slowed. Mm -hmm. So the loss of whites was offset in the past, and so our growth was slow. Mm -hmm. Now the dropping inflow off. is dropping off, and mm -hmm. so we see a net out, a net outflow, and that brings us to, to the present, which is uh, the controversy over should we increase taxes on the wealthy, mm -hmm. and some groups say yes, others say no. Uh, the, the question that is only answered anecdotally is whether doing so will drive more, this gets to your outflow mm -hmm. issue, of um, the well-to-do out of the state. Mm -hmm. and. Um, I worry that it will. Others would say, no, they're not going to leave. But right. Yeah. And, and we'll, of course, the, the answer to that one is, <laughs> we'll see. Um, Jim Nolan has been our guest. And, you know, our time flies here, Jim. And, and you'll have to come back in, in the new year when you're feeling better. And also, <laughs> also uh, as, we, as we update the, the changing media scene, because um, I think as you and I both have, have written a lot of in the past you've written books and, and are you working on a new book by the way i'm working on the great american novel the great american novel oh well I, we'll have to I, hear about that i am being commissioned to write a book about chicago from post-world war ii to the end of the century oh, good. focusing on some very colorful politicians people you've never heard of but uh -huh. who are part of the interstices Oh, of my. Chicago life. <laughs> and look that one Yeah, up. <laughs> it's going to be. No, actually, it's going to be. I'm working on it now. It's going to be fun. So it's a nonfiction. Lightly fictional. Lightly fictional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mostly true. Mostly true. Very good. 
Well, Jim, we're out of time here, man. But we thank you so much for coming in. Um, we we will uh, pay attention to you. When, when, when is your project? When well, do you look for it? A couple of years. Couple of years. All right. So 18, we, we got, 18 months is my projection. Right. Well, we got time to get back to you on that. Anyway, Jim, thanks so much. <laughs> Good to be with coming. you, Steve. And we'll see you next time on Tartar Sauce. PeoriaLife.com.